In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the means to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Come on now, the styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss, kiss stealing, dealing, wheeling and dealing, son, son of a gun. gun, the nature boy, Rick, Rick Flair. Flair. Come on now. Morning. Good morning, sir. <laughs> Woo! Woo! You get tired of hearing that people just run up on you in the airport and just start <laughs> screaming that all the time? I love it. <laughs> I love it. How are you doing today, first and foremost? Doing great, thank you. How are yeah, you? Great to- We're doing good. Doing Thanks pretty for well. Me, you're in town for uh, uh, Comic-Con, right? Yes. First ever celebrity mint. 
Tell us about that. You got these great cards here. Yeah. yeah. So those are actually gold, and there's silver there too. Mm -hmm. Okay. And these are all silver. This has one has a gold inlay in it. Yep. And uh, they're made by Celebrity Mint out of Houston and uh, distributed via eBay through them. Uh, basically, all over. They will be mm -hmm. at, after ten thirty tomorrow. When you first started your wrestling career, did you see things like this? That they'd be trading cards with you. Never. Never. Really? That's amazing. Never imagined, especially in silver or gold. Mm -hmm. I want to start from the beginning for people that don't know. You know, this is always a, a story because kids grew up on wrestling, right? You mm -hmm. grew up on, and you're seeing your, your first superhero was a wrestler and you wanted to be a wrestler and you got in trouble with your mom because you jumped off the kitchen table and you broke you something. You put somebody you in a break. figure four leg lock. Yeah, you put somebody in a figure four leg lock. You broke somebody's leg. So what got you, Ric Flair, into wrestling? What made you say, I want to be a wrestler? So tell us that journey for people that don't know. Well, I grew up loving it, watching it, and uh, um, I went to Minnesota to play football. And uh, obviously, like every idiot that comes along that wants to be in a fraternity, <coughs> you join a fraternity and forget about college. Mm -hmm. So I had fun at fraternity and forgot to go to class. <laughs> and back then, all you had to do was all you had to do was go to class. So you had to do the Didn't pass. Say. Mm -hmm. Just had to show up, get your mind marked on, but. You know, 30 below zero, two-mile walk from the fraternity house. I just, mm -hmm. just, uh, and then uh, when I became academically ineligible, I was living with Ken Patera, 72 Olympian, in Vern Gagne, when the AWA was in Minneapolis. And uh said, you want to be a wrestler? I said, God, I love it. Of course, I'm going to try it. And the rest is history. Wow. I quit a couple of times. It was a lot, a lot more intense than I anticipated, but. What made, made you, what made you finally retire for good after 50 years? Uh, well, I had that one match last year. You know, I still yeah. feel great. It's funny. I, 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 people misunderstand when I say I wish I could wrestle again. Like, I, I mean, I, I feel great. I'm probably one of the few guys that still with no hip replacements or knee replacements mm -hmm. or shoulder, and I feel great. So mm -hmm. I could, but I, I – yeah, actually I could, but I won't. Now, when you started, again. when you first started wrestling, I didn't want to quit. You didn't I want to. to. Vince McMahon said it's time. That's okay. <laughs> so when you first started wrestling, break us down because you, you you know you wanted to be different from everybody else, and mm -hmm. you were different from some from everybody else. So what gave you that mind frame? What said this is what I'm gonna be? I'm gonna wear these robes. I'm gonna be fly. I'm gonna be. That was after the airplane crash, 1975. I crashed in an airplane, killed a guy, and paralyzed two other guys. And while I was um, re rehabbing, hopefully. Hopeful of over wrestling again, I met a guy named George Scott and said, "Why don't we make, make you a little bit like Buddy Rogers?" And Buddy had, was very popular in the fifties and sixties. Nature with Buddy Rogers, so I just took that. And then the words of Harley Race, remember Harley? Flair mm -hmm. took Rogers' gimmick to a whole new level. <laughs> he lied to. He had no idea no, no, who no. Harley Race is. No, he just no, lied to you. I'm gonna look it up though. Right? He, he had no idea who that is. You survived <laughs> a plane crash in 1975. You survived yeah. death a couple of times, but mm -hmm. when you survive a plane crash, how does your life change? Like, what is your mentality from that point on? Well, when you're younger, you don't think about it. Maybe really? I just thought, well, I made it, you know. And I, I, I was, I was, you know, uh, a little bit intimidated to fly again for the first time, mm -hmm. but. I got on, a, on one of those private jets today to get here to make sure I could be here on time. What do they call it again? What, what kind of what jet are they? G550 Cessna. No, the little tiny one with uh, uh, a prop plane, propeller. No, no, no. It's a jet, but it only there's no bathroom or anything. It's a uh, 
Not a Cessna, not a... No, it's a... Uh, paper plane? I don't know what you're talking about. Not no damn paper plane. No, it's oh, called a... Um, anyway, I would, I would highly G5, recommend... G5, G4. You took it from the airport? I took it from... I was in Columbus, Georgia last okay. night at the hockey game. Uh-huh. Um, Vision. Okay. Vision jet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. What a way to go. Mm-hmm. I may never fly commercial again. <laughs> so when you when you crashed in the plane, did it like explode around you? Like no, we we were out, ran out of gas, so okay. there was no explosion. But it uh, normally a, a small, the twin engine Cessna three ten. Mm-hmm. Normally, when you hit a an orchard of trees or whatever they would call it, mm-hmm. you it'll cartwheel plane. We were going so fast because we fell from six thousand feet that we just tore down the whole damn orchard and mm-hmm. landed in a railroad embankment. That, that with train tracks on top of it, just a half mile from the runway. Wow! And how many was on the, on the plane? Six. And three three survived, and three died. Pilot died, two are paralyzed, and the three of us made it. Wow! Do y'all still have a bond? The three that made it, do y'all still have a bond now? Uh there's only two of us still alive. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we remain fairly close. We don't live live with each other or live close to each other mm-hmm. anymore, but we talk a couple times a year. Got you. What do you, What do you miss about wrestling, if 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 anything? The camaraderie, the fun, bright lights, big cities, China Club, mm-hmm. New York City, China Club, Chicago. <laughs> you love partying after. You last yeah, what you love. Yeah. You love being famous. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. The wrestling part of it's easy. Then going on afterwards, then you got to hold your reputation. But that don't change for you though. You the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I feel I, like... I know it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you famous everywhere you go, even now. <laughs> I think so. How I'm much, lucky enough to be here. How much practice did you guys have to do when it came to I don't wrestling? practice. No? No. There was no practice back then? You just work out and just the match is at eight and you're there? Yeah, because I'm a little different than a lot of guys. A lot of guys like to go out and, and well, I'm not saying it, but later on because it's part of the deal now where the guys have to rehearse and all that. But I, I just was always, you know, the old school, we, you got to hear the crowd you can't rehearse something that you don't know how the people are going to react to. And that's one of the problems today when the young kids they had this match put together, they walk out the door and the fans aren't reacting the way they want it. And because they don't have the experience, not the ability, but don't have the experience, they, they can't change it around. And that's why sometimes they're not getting the reaction from the crowd they want. So when you you were wrestling, there was no practice. It's, it's two men in that match, and whatever happened happened. You get yeah, slapped. We knew the, the outcome, and then and we just know from there. So when you get slapped in the face, it wasn't practice. It's like, oh, this just slapped me in my face. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would tell him to. Wow. Yeah, hit me with brass knuckles. We used to hit each other with brass knuckles in the old days. Not the real brass knuckles, right? Yeah. Bust ourselves open. We were called the hard ways. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you, can <laughs> break, you can break. There's still a bone right here. It's real. Really, just clip it. It'll, it'll open up. Oh, so you don't even got to hit hard. You just look. Yeah. Okay. And then I was always had that surgical little thing right here. That was the best part of my work. <laughs> <laughs> get, me, get me to my blade, and I'm good. You had a, you had a blade in your fingers too. Mm-hmm. A blade in your so you could have missed and went too far, but I have a couple times. Y'all got to have some really <laughs> Yo, nice relationships cool. with each We're other. We're not thinking the same to thing. Accidentally cut somebody with a blade and not be the person not be upset at you for real. Oh no, I was never cutting anybody else. I was okay. cutting myself. You said, "Oh yeah, okay, I get what you say." Yeah, yeah. but I have cut some guys, mm-hmm. but they knew what coming. Knew it was coming. So you must think this new wrestling is so <clears throat> soft. With so what you were dealing with, it's not soft because <clears throat> they do nothing is ever soft. It's just a different time. Mm-hmm. 
It's like Lawrence Taylor. Could 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 Lawrence play right now? Are you kidding? No. He'd be suspended every game. He'd be fine so much right now. Yeah, I mean, or Dick Butkus, who just passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lawrence. The, rule, the rules have just changed. It's still a very difficult, very physically demanding sport. Mm-hmm. And these guys are doing stuff now where they're jumping off tables and ladders, and I only did a, only did that a couple of times. So what was your last match like for you when you fought uh, Jeff Jarrett and, and, and It was Lincoln? great, except for the fact I, I, I didn't anticipate, uh, you know, I, I psyched myself out, and I was dehydrated, and I went out there, and we put together what I thought was a real good match. It wasn't ever going to be a, mm-hmm. a masterpiece, but we put together the match, and then I got real lightheaded and, and, and there about five minutes in the match, and I said to one of the guys, I'm not feeling good. Well, it just sent... It went around the ring like he's saying, like his heart's bad or whatever, right? So, but we got it straightened out. Um, but it was just funny. I just dehydrated and uh, Undertaker came back to the dressing room and made me drink three Gatorades. And I went over to Kid Rocks and partied with the kid all night. So <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> but I thought you said you wish you, wish you had picked a, a, a different person to have your last match against. No, no, so that, that's a misinterpretation. Okay. I, I, and that's, that, these damn podcasts, you say it and it comes out wrong. I, I There's a guy that I that's still active today, Ricky Morton from the mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, I had, if I were to have a singles match, not a tag, Mm-hmm. It always what they wanted to have a tag match because they didn't think I could make it through a singles. If I was going to have a singles match now, it would be with Ricky Morton. Mm-hmm. He, he's still active and he's doing great, and he was so good. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I'm a much better bad guy than I am a good guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But you always were kind of like the, the, the you're the bad guy, but then you're like the bad guy people root for. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's out of respect over the years. Yeah. yeah. Now back then, did, did you make a, a lot of money wrestling, or was it more for the endorsements outside of actually there wrestling? There were no endorsements back then. It was, it was all wrestling income. Really? Yeah, because WWE is the one, or WWF, Vince, is the one that started all the marketing, where the guy started making as much money from selling lunchboxes and dolls Action and figures stuff, yeah, and, and all stuff that. like that as they did wrestling. Yeah, I grew up in South Carolina. I was telling them earlier, like I grew there you up. There go, God's yeah. country. So I grew up on NWA. Yeah, you know, then uh, WCW. Uh, I was born in Charleston, but raised in a small right. town called Monk's Corner, Monk's Corner, South yeah. Carolina. What's the name of that place? I used to wrestle in King um, King Street. King Street, yeah, yeah. in uh, the uh, God, it was hot, hundred and twenty degrees in that building. Oh, absolutely. Every Friday night, yeah. <laughs> King Street, South Carolina. Yeah. Now I, I want to go back to your last match mentally. How do you prepare yourself to say, okay, this is my 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 last my my last match? And did it really I, feel I just, that way? I just focused on it. I, what it, what it did is I had four months to really get myself in shape. I mean, I work out pretty hard anyway, but to really get myself in, and I had made up my mind that I would be as as good a shape, not. Cosmetically, obviously, because I'm a cosmetic nightmare. That's not true. <laughs> one of the ladies out there said she's so cute. Definitely you said that. In, one of the ladies out there said that. Well, she hasn't seen me without my shirt since my <laughs> surgery. <laughs> without my shirt, not so cute since my surgery. Um, but um, no, I just I was ready. I just framed that fall forward, and uh, you know, you know, you're, you know, remember Vince uh, Lombardi's favorite saying is fatigued. Uh, makes cowards of us all. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. I would never worry about getting tired because I was always in better shape. So I actually got myself in as good a shape 
as I was in 1974. I was doing 500 free squats and wow. hmm. stuff like that. You really? push-ups. Yeah. You still work out to this day? Yes. Really? You know, when I'm home, I've been gone quite a bit. But I go up and train with John Cena's trainer, Rob. Yep. Really? I, I always wonder because you know you 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 always talk. You talked about just steroid use before, mm-hmm. right? But you never had the physique of the. No, I didn't take. I, 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 I took steroids when I remember it too. Kind of hard at four a.m. to remember to take your pills exactly when. It, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, and, the, that's the only way you get yeah. that big physique like that. No, you get it through hard work. Okay, but um, you know, I I wrestled so much. I didn't pay as much attention to my dad when I because in wrestling I did a lot of like hour matches. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I'd like wrestle three hundred hour matches a year. So you get mentally here, and then you can eat and drink what you want, and then all of a sudden your metabolism changes. You retire. You got you, you got to be careful. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So. Are you still surprised that some of your catchphrases still people are saying now to this day? And, you know, even like, you know, some of the rappers still want you in their videos, make songs yeah. like Offset, who was here this week, his album's out, you know, right Offset now. Offset was well. here? Yeah, Offset was here a couple yeah, days ago. Yeah, he's a yeah, great guy. Does that still surprise you when, when when these rappers call you and things like that? Not really. I'm a Doja Cat's new one, too, you know, mm-hmm. with, with my catch line. <laughs> Nobody could be first, but anyone could be next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love Offset. He's great. Mm-hmm. Metro Boomin, those were great guys. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Me- Metro Boomin's got another one out now. Well, yeah, Offset album came out today. Yeah, it came out today. Oh, it came out today? Yeah, okay. It's out right now, yep. You yeah. said something about Doja Cat. You like Doja Cat too? Yeah, I'm in her new, her, in her new song. Which one? Um, Paint the, the Town? It just, it just came out. I got to hear it. it, it the, opening, the opening is uh, None of You Can Be First, but anyone of oh, you yeah, can yeah, be yeah. next. She, she sampled your voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. Got you. Now you had a uh, you had a ruptured intestine too in twenty seventeen. Yeah. And then you got put into a coma, respiratory heart failure, pneumonia, all kind of stuff. How did total, that to, total kidney failure, everything? Two total Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. How how did that near death experience impact you? That changed my life. Okay. Yeah, that when I come out of that, because I couldn't walk or anything, you know, I I didn't have any memory for six months. Mm. That was when I decided that I needed to make sure that everybody that mattered to me in my life, I told. Wow. Not I mean, when I'm not selling a religious, I'm not going religion on you. I mean, obviously we all have our our own religion, and I I believe in God very strongly. But it really made me aware of telling people that I like, because you never know. Mm-hmm. I'm living proof. You never know. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting at a bar, like I will be tonight with these guys, and all of a sudden I got a pain in my stomach. I didn't wake up for 31 days. Wow. I don't even remember going to the hospital. Damn. Yeah. Do you remember the first person you told you love when you finally That's was scary. able to? Um, well, it must have been my wife, Wendy. Um, she's on her way here now. She's actually going from here to uh, Iceland at, uh, Sunday and then over to um, donate time in Israel for two weeks. Oh, wow. With the with the uh, issues over there, so um, I guess that would be her. Hogan said that I looked at him and said, "Get me a six pack of beer." <laughs> yeah, they, they said. That, believe it or not, they said, which you'll find humor in. That besides from all the issues of me almost dying, they said, "Brother, I went through a bad, bad case of the DD. <laughs> no booze. Mm-hmm. Oh, no drinking." They said. I, it was vibrating, and it wasn't because I was sick. I was <laughs> like, was strapping me down. 
<laughs> Does it matter at this point? When you get to this age and you've done it all, do you feel like, okay, you know what? I'm going to listen to the doctors. I'm not going to do no drinking. I'm done. No, that, but, you know, I don't pay attention to it because here's the deal. I want to live now because guys like Ryan Fitterman and these people here at Liberty Minute are making me a lot more money than I think you did you before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want it all. Yeah. And so I, now I, I want, like, you know, I've like paid $2 million in alimony and $2 million in penalty and interest. I mean, my story is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the doctor. I'll give you yeah. the real story. Million and a half to lawyers, four divorces. So this, gotta, that, this kind of stuff. You got to get back. You got to get your money back. You got to get your money back. Do you consider yeah, yourself the. I make more money than Ryan than I ever made wrestling. That's crazy. That's just, just Fitterman Sports, man. Just going da da da. And I get to hang around with Lawrence Taylor and Mike Tyson mm-hmm. and Pete Rose. It's not a bad life. Do you consider yourself the uh, greatest wrestler of all time? Yes. Why? Because I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not on my. I'm not on my Mount Rushmore. Um, You're not. I, no, because I don't. I believe. I think you better have somebody else put you there. But my Mount Rushmore, in terms of importance to the business, mm-hmm. is, is Stone Cold, Hulk, Hulk, obviously, Undertaker, and I think Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is the greatest performer of all time in our business. So what makes you the best? Because I think everybody I could, would put I you on the I do a little bit of everything. Okay. It doesn't make me the best. I'm just, I'm just being me <laughs> a little oh. bit. I never say stuff like that. I consider myself to be lucky to be considered one of the best. How about that? Why is the rock on your Mount Rushmore? Uh, he would be, except he didn't stay long enough. Mm. I think part of the Mount Rushmore is longevity. You know, it's hard to be really good, and, and rock was great. I mean, but he took off, and... He's on my on my Mount Rushmore for interview skills and mm-hmm. everything else, and I remained very close to him. But he, uh, yeah, I mean, he they, he was on TV the other night. I, 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 I do, you, do you ever watch the show? Do you watch Raw or watch Raw now? Nah, not anymore. No, he, he came out. He was out. They, they were in. Oh, Bo- I saw that online. Yeah. They were in Boulder, right? And he he was out supporting um, Prime. Um, in Colorado. Uh, in Colorado, right? So he just dropped in for the show, but there's a new kid in the show. I think he's the United States champion, Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Rock came out, and I was laughing about it. I, he came out, and he looks at, he looks at Austin Theory. He was one of their up-and-coming stars. They have a lot of TV time invested. And he said, the Rock goes, so the Rock doesn't know who Austin Theory is. <laughs> what's what's theory gonna say? I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. You know, he just had that unbelievable mm-hmm. amount of charisma. God, and what a great guy. Do you, do you think somebody like you? I say like you, Sting. Do you think that the NWA and WCW kept y'all from reaching your full potential? No, because you know I was NWA so long, you know, and I didn't end up going there till I was forty-one, you know. So I did still, I could still get around pretty good. And I actually had my last match with Shawn when I was fifty-nine. So, mm-hmm. but that was all Shawn Michaels. Shawn, first guy that ever said to me in my entire career, "Shut up, listen to me." Then he looked at me and said, "Let's do it," and walked out, and there's eighty thousand people in the Citrus Bowl. Wow! But I did it. I just finally said, you know, he he knows what he's doing, and I'm nervous as can be, and. I am insecure right now, and I'm wondering if I can make it. And my whole family's on the front row, and 
No pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think the difference between the WCW and WWF was as far as business? Oh, like, why did they make all the money? WWF, WWE is run like a business. Okay. WCW was just catch as catch can. Wow. Everybody everybody had their own thing going. And mm-hmm. the guy that ran it just, he liked creating dissension between, let's say it's Scott Hall and Kevin with the NWO, the head guys, right? Obviously, there are other guys. And it was, say, Sting and Luger and then Hulk and Randy. I mean, he just, he, he just liked to create, the, not create, but I, it was his style of doing business. And it, nothing ever works like that. Mm-hmm. And then Hulk had, you know, total creative control, which I don't blame him for. He brought he brought a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard to, you know, to function. I mean, they did, and did, did great for 83 weeks. But at the end of 83 weeks, how do you bankrupt Ted Turner? Damn. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I love the Four Horsemen, and I always yeah. wonder why the Four Horsemen never got but, to the you know, levels of DX it, or NWO. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know why they love us? Because we we, everybody beat us. But we got our heat back on TV. Then you go to the arena and you get beat up. You get back on TV the next week, beat somebody <laughs> up. We don't mind losing in the arenas. The problem is that people back then with WCW, is people didn't, they wanted to get their heat on TV and didn't, didn't want to lose in the arena either. It's got to be, you know, in, in my opinion, there's got to be a balance. How bad was Hold your... On, what's, the, what's the difference, though? Because like, I would think that more eyeballs would be on television. Oh, there are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know. I mean, that, that's what I don't understand either. Mm-hmm. So, so they'd have y'all lose in the arenas. But, but, no, the they, four horsemen don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do you, when you say lose, they just have y'all lose matches in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. But then win on television. Well, get our heat, not necessarily win, but get it back. Got you, got you. You know. So they never had y'all looking like the dominant group, like how DX was dominant, our NWO was dominant. Um, yeah, they were dominant. Yeah, but but DX. I, I, I'm, I'm talking more about the, the, the. I have no problem with the X. They were great. Are you kidding me? No, I'm just saying. Why didn't? Why you think Four Horsemen never got to that? Level? Oh, we never the time frame. Oh, okay. Yeah, if we'd been, we were ten years too early. Gotcha. If we'd come along in the '90s, that same four people. Yeah, that would have been. I was always wondering, like, when you talk WWF or WWE or, or NWA or whatever, how do they decide who is going to be that quote unquote man, right? You know they give you the opportunity, and you you, you got about five minutes to do <laughs> something that the guy goes that people are gonna like. Really? That, I mean, you got that. You got we call it gorilla, right? There's Vince and Hunter and whoever the agents are that got some like Michael Hayes guys that have been there for a while, and mm-hmm. and you got they go out the door, and you got five minutes to show them something that's gonna make them go, hmm, or you know Vince, I, I've seen him a thousand times. He's either going to tell you you're the shit. Or you going <laughs> he's, home. He's going to shake your hand and say, nice job. You know what I mean? Or I'll talk to you later. <laughs> In my case, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Do you remember that conversation with you, that first conversation when they pulled you to the side and say, you're the guy? Yeah, it wasn't Vince. It was, uh, it was, uh, um, yeah, well, that's when I won the NWA championship for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess I'd be 81. But I wasn't the guy I thought I was, but I had wrestled so many guys that were really good in that one area of the Mid-Atlantic, right? Mm-hmm. That when I went on the road and started wrestling guys for an hour that didn't know anything about wrestling, when I thought I knew it all, I, I, was, I was lost, and I, and I didn't draw. So they took it off me, and then I prepared myself and 
got myself back and realized that everybody's not going to be the best wrestler every night. And then the second time, I was ready to go. And that's when I really turned it on. Mm-hmm. Where did the figure four leg lock come from? Buddy Rogers. Okay. Does that work in real life if you put somebody in that? Oh, yeah. Team? Oh, yeah. Really? Well, I'll put a linebacker at Penn State still sitting on the bar, sitting on the floor of a bar. Do you still do it? Do you still do it now? If I can put it on somebody, yeah. You got to let me put it on. I would love to see you put on Charlemagne one time. Just oh, one tell me, time. Tell me about the guy in the bar in Penn State. What happened to him? Well, he, he you know, the phony wrestler thing. He said figure four and got out of it. So I was with, um, trying to think who was on the quarterback then. The kids that played for the Panthers. Cam Newton? No, Cam didn't play for Penn Cam, State. Cam's Auburn. Um, Auburn, yeah. No, the guy before him. Um, let me see. Before Cam, Kerry Collins, uh, Collins. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kerry Collins. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're down on the, on the landing there in Pittsburgh and drinking in this linebacker with over the Kerry Collins. And the kid told me, he said, I can get out of that. I said, No, you can't. I said, Yeah, I can. I had been at the Dapper Dan, right? With uh, I was with Marty Schottenheimer and uh, Bill Cower, who were all down there drinking. <laughs> so I put it on him. I said, You gotta let me get it on you. He was a big kid, too. He's still laying there. <laughs> if you feel up for it before you leave I want to yeah. see you put it on Charlamagne he'll let oh, you do it yes one time yeah. yes no. and you gotta tap way. out yes I would no. love to see that one time come on you won't, no. you won't have me back on then <laughs> what, what's your favorite iteration of the Four Horsemen uh, Arn Ali Arn Tully myself and, and Barry Wyndham that's the that's the and original JJ. one right huh? is, is that the original one the original one was with Oli but Oli his kids were older at that time, mm-hmm. and he wanted to work part time. And mm-hmm. Oli was great, but the the best four were Barry, Arn, myself, and Tully. Do a lot of JJ. Do a lot of younger wrestlers come up to you and ask for guidance and mentorship? And do you do you give it to a lot of the younger wrestlers? I I try to, but I realize it doesn't mean anything because the first thing they're going to is what do you think? What do you think that all the young wrestlers? Well, what, every it's not just. Young I'm sure wrestlers. they want to be famous. More important than skill. They, you know, they want to go look and see what the fans are saying. Yeah, mm. the fans run their the fans run their life. Social media runs everything. How do you think a young Rip Flair would handle social media? Well, he'd, he'd be in jail. <laughs> 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 we we'd be we'd be conducting this interview from. Him. Rikers Island. We, 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 see, we, we see too much, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, Rick. Are you still at Rikers? Yep. <laughs> Do you mind joining the Breakfast Club? Why don't I talk about your uh, silver coins? <laughs> that is hilarious, It's man. the truth. Yeah. Young Rick Flair? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. This took out my gold club at the China Club. And they threw me out one night. Damn. In New York, they threw you out? Yeah, yeah. What happened? Got into a fight. I was talking. Just Who wants night. to fight you, though? Like, no, who sees no, you and no, be like, I'm going to try? I was just talking to this Pan Am flight attendant. You heard the nasty voice, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a guy there that sells toys to the WWE, and they took his glasses off and stomped on him, and he came over crying to me. And So I go over to I go over to Brian. I slap Brian. I said, Brian, don't let's leave the guy alone, man. Just having, we're just having a good time. And. And then Sags jumped on me and da da da, and they already had my credit card, and so they threw me out and kept the nasty voice in there. Can you imagine that? Damn. Yeah, three thousand dollars. Wow. 
Is there anything that you wouldn't tell people now? Even even now at, at this age, is there anything you still keep to yourself? Like, you know, oh yeah, he told you you want to go to jail. I got a whole closet full of things. Yeah. That <laughs> and I, I have a keeper of the closet, you know. Yeah, that's why I didn't run for governor of North Carolina. <laughs> Gene Okinawa was going to be the keeper of the closet. You think? <laughs> How is it watching your daughter following your footsteps? Oh God, it's amazing. That I'll take very seriously. She's yeah. the greatest thing going. Yeah. You seen her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's in a different world, different mm-hmm. different planet, different stratosphere than I was. Did you, you did... want her to? No. I had I said she somebody asked her, um, and she was, you know, doing real well in the business world and graduated college. And then I, I saw her looking. The guy asked her, and he said, "Why aren't you doing this?" And I had a town relations at the time. She, I saw her just—I know her like a book. I saw her walk around the room and think to herself. She walked over to me and said, "Dad, do you think? What do you think about?" It? I said, "I don't know. I, why?" She said, "I just want. I think I'm going to try it." <laughs> Here she is now, the, the greatest of all time. Isn't that like the ultimate uh, form of homage to you, though? Well, it, it's not really, you know, it's because of her little brother, my son that passed away. Mm-hmm. She, everything I think is still in the back of her mind. Or she, She's fulfilling the dream that he, he lived, mm-hmm. which makes it even more special and more personal. Mm-hmm. That's clearly the most important thing to you. Yeah, nowadays. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think sports entertainment is, is missing right now? Oh, oh. man. Yeah, carry him every day. Mm-hmm. What sports entertainment missing right now? Mm-hmm. It'd be a sports entertainment period or wrestling? Wrestling. I don't think it's missing anything, man. I think it's tracking on all fours. I mean, every time you turn around, Tony is opening up another show, and they've got they've got three live shows a week now. Mm-hmm. WWE's making more money than ever. I I, I still believe that, that wrestling is the greatest form of sports entertainment there is. Well, people will be like, "Oh, it's not real." Yeah, but they're sold out saying it's not real. Mm-hmm. And the stock's at $120 or whatever it is. I mean, it's mm-hmm. they can say whatever they want to say. People watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just uh, the, the blue-collar fans. I mean, the doctors, lawyers, everybody loves it. Absolutely. And and I, I do autographs for Ryan, as an example, who runs the biggest sports memorabilia company in probably the world, but I'll say the United States for sure. Mm-hmm. And we sign these autographs, and the wrestlers that participate, we get as much attention as anybody. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan can vouch for that. You know, we're not we're not all going to be like uh, if, if if Barkley or came out for something like that, or was a good friend of mine. But of the guys that do it on a regular basis, we, we get. I think Ryan would will tell you that the wrestlers hold their own with any uh, credible athlete. What's the biggest misconception of wrestling? That it's fake. Not fake. That it's. It's. I think a misconception. I don't even know if that's a misconception anymore. I have to think about that. I. I don't. I think it's a misconception as to how much hard work goes into it, especially if you're on top now. Because let's say they're uh, they're if they're working a full schedule, they still wrestle. You know, 155 times a year. I think that's a full schedule, right? But if you're in the top tier, you know what you're doing on the three days off you have. Drinking. All you're doing is media. Oh. Mm. Media for the next round. Media for the next match. I mean, yeah. it, 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 there is no time off, really. Mm-hmm. That's why it's nice that Vince and, and or Vince or whoever they're calling the shots now 
understands that kids need to take a month break here or there. I was going to ask you, how does your body heal with so many matches? You're talking 155 matches. Of getting I wrestled beat up. 425. Oh, I wrestled over 400 times for eight years. We don't rest. We just drink Man. and sleep on the plane. Jesus. And then, so <laughs> that's, that's why I got one of the reasons I got into cannabis business. That I've been e eating Xanax, trying to sleep on these international flights, you know. Like I've told them, somebody asked me about it one, one week. I was, <clears throat> I wrestled an hour in Sydney, wrestled an hour in Auckland, wrestled an hour in Christchurch, flew to St. Louis, an hour in St. Louis, flew to Atlanta, an hour in Atlanta, and flew to Tokyo all in the same week. Wow. That's a lot of booze and at least three Xanax. So you, you like to smoke the weed or pop no, the No, I, I do. I, I can, but I can't hang with Mike. I will ask you. I'd but, love but, to see you but, and Mike Tyson I'm saying smoke. edibles or what? Edibles. Edibles can, can get you off the Xanax. Mm. Have you yeah, had Mike Tyson's they, edibles? Huh? Have you had Mike's edibles? Mike Tyson's? Yeah, I've had my oh, own too. So I, I have my own called Woo Chews. Really? Yeah. You should brought some of that up too. Hell yeah. yeah. With these cards. You should have brought some cards and some Woo Chews. Yeah, I'll bring you guys some. Please. I like the edibles. I can't smoke either. I like yeah. edibles. Well, I just had, I had asthma as a kid, so I didn't smoke. But I'm not against it. I've certainly been around it my whole life. Mm -hmm. But the edibles actually can help you get off Xanax or Ambien and stuff like that if you do it under a doctor's supervision. Mm -hmm. When you just stop taking the Xanax, that you have to withdraw the issue. But if you do it the right way, I've cleaned myself up not a hundred percent. Not going to say I never take one now once in a while, but. Mm -hmm. If I have the edibles and, I, and I'm not stressed out about something, mm -hmm. which I very rarely get stressed out anymore. Um, but when I was working, I did. You know, it was a lot of pressure. And and if you're on top, it's your. I I I think in ninety. I speak for ninety percent of the people that are on top. They still feel responsible for drawing the money. They're going to get paid five million dollars. The damn marina better be full. Yeah. Because the other people underneath it, even though they have guaranteed salaries, will make more. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. They want to exceed their guarantees. Mm -hmm. That that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Damn, that's why the rappers like you, man. The new rappers, you do drugs like them. Xanax. I, you, I, I used to. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. No, 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 no cocaine, no painkillers, nothing, ever. Damn. What was the most you ever made for a match or for a salary for a year? For a full year, the most I ever made, mm -hmm. eight hundred thousand. No, God damn, that's a robbery for Ric Flair. What? I, I I make twice that with with Ryan Fitterman. That's insane. Damn, and Ryan. you ain't got to you, you, you ain't got to beat your body up. Jesus no, Christ. no, I just got to go out and hang out with him while he drinks tequila at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's 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 talk about the reason that you're in town, Comic Con. Let's talk about these uh, coins and, and these yeah. cards that let's you talk have. About them again, yeah, they well, awesome. We can feel the weight of them. Yep, a solid silver, guys. So people can buy these these coins. They're five dollars, right? It says five dollars on the back. Or they worth five? Uh, the price will actually be announced tomorrow. Oh, the price will be announced tomorrow. Yeah. We can keep these, right? Uh, I don't know. We have to talk to the. We can keep these, Ryan, or is this for show? <laughs> these are Kenny. The rest of them. Ken oh, damn, Kenny. Damn, okay. Kenny. I didn't took pictures of him and sent them to people. Like, yeah, me too. I was yeah. asking him. To... Oh, thank oh, you. Okay, word. So thank people you. could purchase. So people could purchase the cards, and you'll sign them at Comic Con. Uh, I'm not sure what you're doing. I'm doing whatever they want me to. 
So what are they doing come over here, here? Ryan? Come on, come, come here, on. come to the mic. One of y'all come to the mic so we y'all can explain it. Any, any one of y'all. So the Nature Boy will be releasing our products October fourteenth, which is tomorrow at ten thirty, live on eBay Live at Comic Con. So we'll post all the prices and all the products that are available, and Rick and I will be opening them live for customers. So there's different chase elements inside there. So there'll be redeemables for mm-hmm. personalized memorabilia from Rick. A meet and greet with Rick is also available. So there's a lot of cool stuff that we'll be announcing tomorrow morning. And are these okay. are limit are these limited edition? Yeah. So I made a thousand of this of the silver uh, coins and the bigger holders there. Those I made a thousand of those. Okay. There's a thousand of those, mm-hmm. and then of the gold card, there's five hundred. Wow. So five hundred for the gold. gold. Yeah. Okay. It's pure yeah. gold. Isn't that nice. So his is different than mine, right? I see he's red in his, mine is. Yeah, yeah so he, he has a chase. So when we, when we stop, I'll, I'll explain everything to you guys. And I'll, we'll, we'll split it up evenly amongst you guys. Oh, wow. Right. I love it. Right? All so, right. What's the, is there a website? It's so CelebrityMint.com. CelebrityMint.com. But distribution will be handled by eBay. Okay. So get the Comic-Con early, and hopefully they can get some of this stuff. And yep. Rick will be there to, to, to meet yes. some people. Yes, sir. Wow, that's, that's so cool. Congratulations, man. You deserve thank, it. Thank you, sir. The Appreciate fact that you got your body beat up and you they only paid you $800,000, I love to see you winning that, that was man. just one year. <laughs> that was just one year. I mean, just, yeah, just yeah. one year. I love, I love 500 for the most. Before that. Before that. Wow. I did want to ask you, what do you think of, like, about celebrities getting into wrestling? Like when you see the Logan Pauls <clears> and the bad I, Bobby. Well, actually, I, I like the guys that are actually good athletes, and I've got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about some of the people they bring in. But, I mean... When they actually couldn't get in the ring, and like, and, and Bad Bunny was a really good. He did of pretty mine. good. He he did really. He killed good. it. He did really good. Mm-hmm. But the, that Paul kid, and he, believe it or not, I, I know that Sean trained him, which I wasn't aware of. But that Paul kid is is damn good. Mm-hmm. He's an athlete. But, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, an athlete. And he ain't afraid of anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, big part of wrestling is when they start telling you to jump off that turnbuckle and go through the table. I mean, that that table doesn't always break the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing guaranteed about those tables. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not gimmicked or anything. They haven't been taking the screws out. You got to hit them right dead center in the middle. They won't break the right way. Wow. Oh, so those tables weren't staged? They weren't no, like? No, absolutely not. God, that's a, that's a big misconception. Do you know how many people y'all got hurt that went home and tried that on one of them oh, tables? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Jeez. Especially with the steel chairs. Yeah. Steel chair that they don't know more headshots because of all the concussion issues. You know, I mean, guys like Mick Foley and I mean, the stuff Mick did is, Still, on if you look at the stuff yeah. going off the top of the cage, and then that time I was just talking to Taker about it the other day when they were on top of the cage, <clears throat> and Taker said, "God, Mick, I can feel that the wire's breaking on top, right?" And Mick said, "I'm ready." And when he fell through, landed in the back of his neck, teeth went through his right to his nose. Oh my God! I mean, Mick, Mick has beat his brains out, man. More, more. I mean, thumbtack matches. I only had a couple oh. of those with them, but and it doesn't hurt while you're out there. But man, when you go back there and they're pulling the thumbtacks out of you and the barbed wire stuff, the barbed wire is really rough. That barbed wire baseball bat. There's nothing good about that. Jesus! All the time, I thought all that stuff was props. I thought it was. No. Fake. I thought it was props too. <laughs> I'm no. like, there's no way that's real thumbtacks. They got to be plastic. No, no, no way that's real barbed wire. But when you hit a guy with a barbed wire bat, you're gonna hit him one time, and, and once again. It doesn't hurt when you're out there because the adrenaline's falling, right? But when you go back and you've got barbed wire in your head. Y'all had to be on more than adrenaline. You had to be on something. There's no way y'all went on No, I mean, they, they didn't stick. It didn't, the, the, the barbed wire didn't stick in you, but it whacked you. Yeah, when, you're full of, when your adrenaline's running, you'd be surprised. How many medics were backstage? Only what? Medics. Ambulances. Oh, they have, uh, they have two full-time doctors. 
Just two? Mm-hmm. Had to be some cocaine involved, man. Cocaine? Just had to be. Not, not for me, never. Really? Some people just want to tell you, you, you don't teach the kids about cocaine anymore. Back in the 80s, yeah, it was very prevalent. But I don't, I never hear of any cocaine use in, in our business. I'm not, I'm not saying they don't. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it's certainly not done on the premises. Of the, I'm talking about the wellness policy the WWE has is stricter than, actually, it's probably stricter than the NFL. Wow. And I'm sure Tony has the same thing at AEW. Mm-hmm. They, they can't afford to have someone, you know, overdose and die. Yeah, stuff yeah. like yeah, we Especially can't. With kids I mean, watching, absolutely. Wow. Well, Rick Flair, we appreciate Nature you for boy. Thank you. joining Thank you, us. Man. Thank you so much. Make sure you head out to Comic Con. Get what you got to get. Get these mint cards. And uh, I can't wait thanks. till we get a Ric Flair movie, man. I know. Guess what? It's, got, it's, it's coming down. Based off your book, to be a man. No, no, to be, to be not, I can't tell you anymore. And I just got the word. The, the writer's strike is over. Wow. Well, so we getting a, we gonna get a Rick. Wow. <laughs> this guy right here. Really? I can't say. He said, can't wow. say no more. Wow. Can't say anymore. All right. All right. It's, All the, right. it's the Breakfast Club. <laughs> it's Ric Flair. I want to come back. Yeah, anytime. Please. Anytime. <laughs> Wake that ass up. Early in the morning. The Breakfast Club. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.